I'm Emma, founder of the Pineapple Lounge, and I'm here with Dr. Angharad Rudkin, and we are here to talk about kissing screen time. So it's been it's been quite a busy old month for news on kids and screen time in the UK, hasn't yeah, it? It has. It has. I mean, it's in the news more and more anyway. Yeah. But this big, um, long-awaited guidelines came out a couple of weeks ago yeah. by the Royal College of um, Pediatrics and Child Health, and what they did was they collated loads of research and loads of I guess experience and opinion to come out with guidelines on fa for families yeah. um, on how to manage screen time. There were none. <laughs> that was the guideline that actually there are no guidelines because yeah. actually none of us really know. Yeah. None of us know um, quite what the long-term impact mm. of digital use in children is, mm. if there is an impact. Um, and short-term, the problem is that because digital technology is developing so quickly yeah. and research projects typically take about four or five years from beginning to publishing yeah. so the stuff that's coming out now the research that's coming out now is is really is already yeah. just dated it doesn't quite capture how children are using screen time now yeah. so that's why i think it's really difficult to develop these guidelines because they don't really know what it yeah. is that is happening right now with children and I think the big headline from that study that people were talking about was just chill out. It seemed like the message that people were, were taking from that, that there is no evidence to suggest that there is a particular magic number of time that makes a difference and that parents shouldn't worry so much or feel as guilty as they do or stress out as much as perhaps um, they are at the moment about what their kids are doing on screens. Um, what how did you feel when you saw those kind of headlines oh you know it was mixed feelings i've got to be honest because when you give a very broad message of tell you what don't worry about it yeah we're not quite sure what's going on so don't worry about it that will be great for the this end of the parents yeah. who are really anxious am i doing the right thing am i somehow you know setting my child up to fail by letting them do this or not letting them do that but that same message is going to everybody else on the yeah. spectrum, including those parents who are very, very happy for their children to spend a long time yeah. on screens. So when they're getting the message, they think, brilliant, I knew I was doing the right thing. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even have to put the limits that I was yeah. putting on. So these broad messages, you have to be so kind of careful because you're responsible for an awful lot of people's yeah. choices here. And what it said in the document, it said that research has not indicated any negative long-term effects yeah. of um, digital media. But what it kind of failed to say was research has also not indicated any positive yeah. effects of social media or digital time or screen time playing games. So yes, we don't, we can't say for absolute certain that it causes harm, but we certainly can't say that it does a child any good. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the tricky dilemma, really. I think that is the problem, like you say, there's so many nuances yes. in terms of parenting style, where you live, yeah. how old you are, and what you're actually doing on the screen. So I, I kind of get a bit a bit antsy about the word screen time itself mm. because mm. it lumps together everything from the um kind of gaming world content yeah. world app world and those things all have completely i think different effects on how how you can feel and what kind of happens in your mind when you're playing them and i think 
it's impossible to put a time on that because you can spend time doing something with a screen that's actually really beneficial mm -hmm. to um, maybe your confidence or it's just escapism or kind of makes you feel really good about yourself and equally you could spend the same amount of time doing something completely different on a screen that makes you feel the opposite. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And the, like you say, the nuances, they, they just haven't been able to really understand them. And because we're in an age now where evidence has, and science and numbers and brain scans, you know, all these ways now that we have of measuring humanity, yeah. that people daren't now make a single step without yeah. being able to have a statistic for, I'm doing this because 27% of blah, blah. So actually they've we've i think we've gone almost too much the other way yeah. so seven or eight years ago when i was debating with various kind of people in various industries and and services about the american pediatric association guidelines for no screen time under the age of two mm. and then i think it was two hours max thereafter and um and that's been a pretty clear guideline mm. For many many years and everyone's saying well there's no evidence for yeah. that so therefore let's scrap it so because there's no percentage mm. or a bit of a I don't know an outcome measure that they can use yeah. let's just abandon the idea altogether and I think the most helpful place is somewhere in the middle but yeah. actually I'll tell you what we don't have the evidence right now to say yeah. this is good this is bad but why don't we have some kind of framework for um, you know, half an hour social media max, you know, an hour doing your homework mm. on screens, um, a half an hour a day looking up your favourite hobby, interest, mm. whatever, half an hour gaming. If if there was something that we could say rather than tell you what, don't don't worry, just chill out. Yeah. Don't worry. That's one end. The other end is you must not and you must only for this amount of time. But actually have some sort of Yeah framework, framework yeah. algorithm that families can say this yeah. is these are all the things you do under the umbrella yeah. term of screen time what are the helpful ones what are the ones that make you feel a bit rubbish and what are the ones that get yeah. in the way of your sleep and you going out and exercising and then let's figure out it's kind of like the food the plate of the different foods exactly isn't it? the only exactly. problem that i have with that still is like for me i still want something that's a level above that's even more yeah. holistic than that because um as I said, I think it's so dependent on the individual and from the, the work that we do, I can go into a home and see that a child can actually really handle certain types of gaming experience and it just really sort of, um, I don't know, like matches up with the way that their mind works and you can see that they're getting a lot of out of it and then, then then you can go to into another home and the opposite will be yes. true, that the child cannot remove themselves from the experience and I think within sort of parenting culture we always look for norms don't we and we always try and figure out what's the right diet what's the right balance and yeah. we're a very balance driven um kind of generation of parents mm. i think we're trying mm. to we you know we we like the future but we sort of wish we still had the past a bit and we're kind yes. of we're kind of trying to figure out what the balance is and i'm not entirely convinced that there is one for this particular subject no, no. it's not like food where you can be like if you have this it's going to lead to this because actually there's different pathways and some children without the technology um actually you know might not get to socialize or might not get yeah. to find a play pattern that they engage with so it's just it's so nuanced i feel like we have to move to um a more intuitive led and yeah. um, behavior with it and 
ironically, technology and big data that you're talking about has kind of crushed our intuition. Yes. So yes. we need to exactly. use intuition to, to, to tackle this subject, yes. but yeah. we've forgotten how to use it. We've forgotten how to use it because <laughs> we're so reliant yeah. on, as you say, big data and guidelines. So in a way, I suppose, what this document did was, was, was um, take a very clever line in terms of not relying on data yeah. um, and just saying to parents, tell you what, you trust trust your instincts, yeah. you do what you want, as long as they're getting an okay yeah. balance of exercise, good sleep, their eating's not too affected, then just yeah. you do what you think best. Which actually, I suppose, is, is, is good advice. It's just so many of the families that I work with, they just needed something a bit yeah. more. They needed a bit more direction. And I think if you don't have a strong intuition, that that could actually really freak you out. Yes, exactly. If you do have a strong intuition, that could be incredibly empowering yeah, and give absolutely. you permission to just truck on yeah, with what you're yeah, doing, yeah. which maybe is the objective or the motivation behind that message. Yes. Um, because there probably are a lot of families out there who um, their kids are absolutely fine mm. with the amount mm. of interaction that they've got with tech, but are crippling themselves with guilt and yes. worry and anxiety when yes. it's not really necessary yes. so it could be quite empowering for them on the other hand I definitely have had instances where I've sort of been into homes and met with families where I think these parents are so disconnected from what the child is doing on the screen that that is a slippery slope yeah. um to as they kind of get older Absolutely. and that's where it's potentially not that helpful yes the message of just chill out yeah. could be interpreted as hands yeah. hands off leave them leave them to oh. it whereas in you know when we think about that balance that today's parents are trying to create you know they will take kids to tennis or ballet or football yeah. or you know theater club and they'll be able to see oh my child really enjoys it or yeah. they don't enjoy it or they're getting something out of it they're not and then make decisions yeah. based on that but when your child is by themselves engaging yeah. in some screen time that adult you know they're not there to to see does this more invisible it's yeah. more invisible so being you know saying to parents right chill out potentially hands off yeah actually is only going to increase yeah. that gap between yeah. what your child's actually doing and your sense of what they're doing so if it was chill out, but make sure you go to at least four workshops on, you know, modern yeah. technology, then that would be yeah. that would be a great message. I think also like getting closer to what they're actually doing yeah. is important. Like it's how they grow up is so different to you know. Mm. I consider myself as relatively tech savvy my husband would say otherwise but you know oh, right. Emma, compared to me you are absolutely up there <laughs> you know I'm quite a blog um you, you know I'm quite a big Instagram user but even me that considers myself relatively quite savvy on technology I'm like astounded and quite taken back by some of the um experiences and opportunities that present themselves to them at that age because that's very different to to what I have so you know if someone like me is feeling that gap yes. and also as someone that works within the children's industry is feeling like that gap imagine you know a, a sort of parent that isn't yeah. into technology that's never really had a relationship with social media um is perhaps even you know a sort of generation above me yeah. you know the gap can be so huge and I think one of the ways that you can try and close that is to try and um like come together over yes. some of the the, yes. the the more fun and enjoyable yes. um 
experiences there are so trying to understand like how to play Fortnite or yes. play it with them or yes. you know asking them to talk through their world on Minecraft Absolutely. or um, I don't know diving into a sort of fandom experience with them over a film that you both really enjoy I think those using the sort of popular culture as a as a glue yes. to close the gap I think can be really beneficial in many ways absolutely absolutely and it's using the age-old parenting principles isn't it yeah. of communication and shared yeah. time they're the things that bond relationships and they're the things that you know as children wiggle their way you know through childhood adolescence away from you and then back towards you that actually if those bonds if, if those bonds are there it's all a far more sort of successful journey really um so it is it's absolutely yeah. get into their world don't don't pretend that you know it all because as they become adolescents they don't want you to get their world too much yeah. <laughs> but being part of it and knowing what they're mm. talking about and being able to ask questions mm. Um, about where they're at with mm. it. I think that is so important. If we just throw our hands up in the air and say, well, it yeah. wasn't around in my day, I've no idea about it, then that's just all automatically closing yeah. um, communication lines. And my daughter, so she's um, not on any um, social media stuff, no screen time type things compared to 10 year olds. She was talking about some um, YouTubers that she'd, you know, she'd watched something in a cousin's house and it was this family who do YouTube videos. And my first, you know, I was driving the car, I was late somewhere. My first reaction was, you know, this self-promotional nonsense. <laughs> you know, these people, they've got nothing to say. And 10 years ago, they would, you'd never have even spent time, because you know, listening to them because they've got nothing to say, blah, blah, blah. And her little face just sort of crumpled up a bit and I thought what am I doing yeah. so once I'd you know got to where I needed to get to and I was on time I managed to relax a little bit and say you know sorry I said it's just it's so alien to me yeah. you know before the only people I would listen to would be people that yeah. I really respected their yeah. views they were my friends or you know I, I, I yes I respected their views I said now it's a different world you can watch anybody yeah. say anything yeah um, and I said, I'm so I am sorry. So tell me, what did you see? So then, yeah. after a little, she managed to say to me, well, actually, this is what they were talking about. And, and that was all good. But I found myself, you know, and yeah. I'm supposed to be able to advise people yeah. on how to manage this all. And yet, in the heat of the moment, my kind of base reaction came up as, this is all new and terrible. And yeah. I want to, you know, I want to go back to that thing around um, the long-term effects and yes. how... Um, maybe we haven't yet been able to see enough of these things because it changes all the time. But how do we how do we put that into context of the, the sort of mental health crises that we have in young people, particularly in teenagers and young adults? Because I suppose they are the only the only people on the planet to have experienced a childhood with the level of technology and um, connectivity that we have now. Mm. And there has to be some correlation between the fact that, you know, this didn't exist before and now we have all of these young people with um, quite significant mental health mm. problems and mm. suicide is a huge mm. um, issue in this country as it is in, in other countries. Like, is there... Like how do you know? Surely there's some some connection or well, or yes. not? <laughs> and, well, and that's it's the same thing. We've lost our gut yeah. instinct, haven't we? We've lost we our need confidence. We need the proof. Yeah. We've lost our confidence to say, tell you what, this is on the rise and this is on yeah. the rise. Oh, I wonder if they're connected. But ask any 
parent of a teenager and any teenager coming out of adolescence now so that they're able to look back and reflect they will say it's really really difficult to live mm. a life as a teenager on social media yeah. because that's the crux of it that actually you're leading a very very public life a highly presented yeah. and manipulated yeah. life but also a life that there's no off switch for so all of those pressures you know of comparison of constant and relentless presentation when you're a, an adolescent going through all the normal adolescent yeah. stuff it's, it's like the worst combination yeah. isn't it so I as a psychologist would say there's a definite link yeah um and what we and, and you know data is there so that you know young people who spend more time on social media are more likely to be yeah. depressed and anxious yeah. that data is there mm. but somehow the it's not convincing enough yeah. for these guidelines, yeah. for these policy makers to say, okay, let's throw our hat into yeah. that pile and just say, yep, yeah, this is what this it's, is what it's, it's like. It's almost like from what I see um, as well is that the fear or the experience of not being on them actually is bigger than the negatives that go with yeah. being on them. Yes. So they yeah. that that is you. you you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Well, exactly. You're so sort of trapped, aren't <laughs> yeah. you? Yeah. You know, when you think of the absolute desire and you just got to have attention as a teenager. That's the whole, yeah. you know, the kind of the whole desire is to be, you know, part of something, to be respected, to have status, to be approved of. And that's how you form your identity as you head through adolescence. You know, before it would be just your mates being nice to you at school yeah. and then getting a party invite and then going out on Saturday to town with your friends. Now it is so much yeah. more. It's the constant kind of, have I, do I have likes? Yeah. Have I missed out on something? Hold on, all these friends, where are they? Taking that yeah. selfie, they seem to be having fun without me. So it just talks very much to the very vulnerabilities yeah. of adolescence. And, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist in any way, but you've got to wonder about tech industries input into this they know mm. exactly what it is that children and mm. adolescents need and no one is buffering mm. these vulnerable young people um from the desire of this tech mm. industry you know to take over the yeah. world quite frankly and to have the constant attention yeah. one of the things that they did say in that report was something along the lines of the genie's out the bottle it's not going back in yeah. which is definitely true yes. and which is why i think rather than trying to find and put invest resources into finding this magic number mm. which we've talked about is almost impossible to do mm. because of all the nuances i think we should be um really trying to figure out what are the um what's the education that's needed yeah. in early and middle childhood yeah. to prepare for this life that's played out on the stage yes. because this this generation that we're talking about that has the mental health crises didn't really get any of that because no, no. Um, the, their parents were just absolutely blindsided by this stuff which just keeps coming and coming and coming that's so different to, to how they were raised. Schools have a massive lag anyway mm. between mm. what's happening in the modern world and what the education system is is teaching and doing so it's almost like they have been kind of guinea pigs yes. um to yes. to experience um a fully digital childhood and i think we need to be a bit more rapid in yes. and a bit more um like much more aggressive in mm. how we're um training them yeah. to enter into this um, because if you think about it before, you would have been a, you would have got kids ready for certain experiences. Maybe we were focusing more on like 
you know, here's what's going to happen when you're going to want to start smoking and drinking yeah, or yeah, having yeah, sex. And it's yeah. like, we need to approach it in, I think, a much more much more aggressive way than we are. And to your point about what are the tech companies doing, yeah. it, needs to, it needs to come from them yeah. as well. They yes. need to have responsibility because yeah. they've got a lot of really clever people and great resources mm. and great information that could be phenomenally helpful, yes, I think. To, to society, yeah. massively, massively. Um, Yes, and I think with um, digital agency is the thing that I would love it if mm. schools taught children yeah. about. Because this generation who are kind of now sort of mid-late teens, they had loads on safety. So yeah. don't give your number out. Yeah. You know, make sure you, you don't meet someone on... Don't you know, talk to strangers. That's yeah. it. So there's a real push on that, yeah. which I'm pleased there was. However, what was really lost in the midst of all that was how do I interpret these adverts that yeah. popping up? And so when someone says that to me online, does that mean this? Um, and, w- you know, what are tech companies yeah. doing? What's behind the scenes with all these apps? Yeah. Um, and I think also making the mood between, making the link between mood and yes. your behaviour. Because yeah. yeah. if you're feeling, like if I'm feeling um, bit down, if yeah. I'm feeling like, oh, I've had a bit of a crappy week or yeah. I'm not feeling so good about myself. If I go onto social media, mm-hmm. it can bring me down Completely. even further. Completely. Whereas if I'm buzzing yeah. and I'm like, I want to be inspired, I want to yeah. join in, I want to yeah. chat, I can go on there and have an absolute ball. Yeah. Um, but that, and that's the sort of where I'm talking about, we need to get to a more like high level, holistic, intuitive well, place. That, and it. that's not easy. For it's everyone. not easy. And if <clears throat> Young people were taught that from year yeah. R, basically, all the way up. And if tech companies, you know, every time some a young person or an adult picked up their phone and were on social media for more, more than five minutes, you know, pop up a mood questionnaire. Yeah. How are you feeling? Do you think this is going to help you or not to be on here any longer? If then, you know, this isn't going to help you to be on here, then block it for an hour. Yeah. You know, the tech companies can really take responsibility and there's a very very fine balance i know between sort of big brother and you know the system owning you but you know and actually having personal freedom but we can't we're we're fighting this enormous massive way of living that as humans our little brains we just we're just really not up to the game quite yet and it does feel like there's some bubblings of a bit of a tech backlash coming i don't know if you're picking that up as well beginning to yeah and things like so was it nick clegg became what did he what's he just become of facebook is he yeah i saw that yeah um you know and the whole news around that was that he's gonna start promoting the kind of fairer practices and stuff that isn't gonna just be absolutely going for the jugular in terms Mm. of you will not log out of facebook um but actually you know so who knows and then with instagram and the the tragic story about the girl who killed herself it's you know they're the social pressure now for them to have to start being responsible and take you know realizing that actually they're in people's lives 24 7 and therefore they've got to they've got to take responsibility for people's lives hopefully there's as you say there's a sort of beginning of a rumble of of yeah i reckon over the last two years is the first time i've heard young people using language like digital detox and i was like wow that's something i'm only just (laughs) kind of coming to the realization so i wonder if we're kind of like you know the next generation so when i think about um my youngest that's five um, I feel like so much has happened and I'm so much more aware um, that maybe 
I'll be in quite a good place to educate and to understand Um, and I've had much more of my own hands-on experience with it um, that we will write from an early age have this more um, yeah this more kind of holistic more I guess emotional training on how to deal with it not just on the functional time yeah. <laughs> devices yes. safety security yeah. but the kind of the, the the emotional um training and that resilience yeah. that's needed um and to a go critical with it. thinking yeah as the well. critical thinking yeah what you know what is it that i'm doing here yeah why are they trying to get me to do this you know that that sort of thing as well where you, you can still be doing exactly the same yeah. stuff but you're doing it from a position of confidence and knowledge rather than literally just i'm i'm drifting yeah. on this river with absolutely no oars or rudder and I'm just yeah. at the whim of and that's one of the problems I think I mentioned the the, the, the lag between mm. um, education and where the world is progressing and that is a key issue I think because the the curriculum right now is very geared to um, its assessment yeah. and um, you know everyone's kind of filtered to yeah. get the same answers yes. so they can pass the test yes. and actually we need the opposite like we and, and and all these things that we're talking about that these things are nuanced and that they're you know very individual yeah. that ne- that really needs critical thinking to it be does. able to manage something like that when there is when you're entering into a context where there is no this is how you do it this is right this or wrong yeah. this is wrong yeah. it's all about you your mind is different to someone else's you might yeah. be able to handle it you might be able to not like you really need high critical thinking skills to cope with that absolutely absolutely and I think teaching those to parents as well as children you know ideally alongside one another would be great because we're not used to having to think about what we're consuming too much you know we will just consume and I think having that agency really so I am making the choice based on my understanding of what is happening rather than someone making the choice for me and it's almost like this it's kind of been an intense love affair, hasn't it, with digital stuff in the last, I don't know, 10, 11 yeah. years. And We've now... Sort of binged on it, Yeah, we, we have yeah. binged. Now yeah. we're just so in love with yeah. someone, we just can't stop yeah. being with them. And now we're beginning to think, oh, yeah, yeah. there's a few annoying bits, actually. Yeah. And so I think as a generation of parents, plus young people coming through, there'll be less of a sort of completely romanticised notion of digital world. Yeah. A more of a realistic, moderate, hopefully, you know, realistic, moderate sense of, okay, some really good bits, mm. but these are the bits that we've got to look yeah. out for. And, you know, they're not all out to, um, these companies aren't there to make us happy. Actually, they're out to make money. Yeah. And as long as I understand that and I am in charge of what I do, given this constant temptation to do stuff, then then that feels a bit better. Yeah. So maybe we'll end up more in sort of middle-age relationship with, with digital. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> we will see. Absolutely. And I think the important thing is just to keep chatting to the kids, isn't it? And yeah. Out what they experience it as. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of these um, studies definitely are more parent-led yes. um, and academic-led. Absolutely. And um, I think... As I said, we've got this generation coming up now who are entering the workplace, who have experienced a full digital childhood. They are going to be absolutely valuable in defining um, what what we do next, I think, and how we approach it and how we, I think, start asking different questions. I think we're asking the wrong questions. We're talking about time, we're talking about function, um, you know we're identifying risks which is always good but I think we need to start asking different questions about this I do 
I do. And maybe going at it slightly, you know, if we think about the rise of screen time, rise of mental health problems, oh, with the rise of mindfulness is a popular, yeah. you know, way of helping yeah. us to feel better. You know, mindfulness is literally counter-attacking yeah. yeah. the, the digital stuff, isn't it? Because you can sit down with your you know, friend who you love so much and you've got this gorgeous dinner in front of you and instead of the first thing being take a photo of it, stick it on, you know, social media, see how many likes you get, just sit and just notice the dinner and just notice the lovely time you're having. I think hopefully that mindfulness is a kind of a way of of balancing it all up and just saying, look, brains, just focus on the here and now because this is pretty much all we've got. Relearning how to be present and connect with what's around us, yeah. yeah. So just to end, do you in your kind of professional line of work when people approach you around issues that they're having to do with um, children and screen time, do you have any sort of tips or advice that that you give out that we might be able to end on? Well, gosh, I mean, oh, I don't, yeah. (laughs) It's so complicated. (laughs) What I don't want to do is repeat the guideline thing of just like, well, just chill out. I suppose just in your family, work out what really works Mm. for you with screen time and keep that going. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But work out where the crunch points are. Is it get off your game because it's dinner time? Is it, you know, you haven't done your homework because you've been on the iPad? The the times where digital, social, uh, screen time is not helping your family Mm. be happy and healthy, then work on those mm. times. And that's different for different families. But yeah. just don't think it's all bad or all good. Yeah. Figure out what are the good bits, what are the bits that actually really, really annoy me, and how can we change that as a family? What can we agree mm. together to do? Is it, you know, no screen time before school, and then you can have your screen mm. time after school? So if your child is becoming far more kind of hiding away, hiding mm. things away, mm. not answering questions about what they've been doing, um, trying to divert questions, then that mm. might be a sign of, oh, something's just mm. not, they're not, yeah. they're not happy with something that's happening here. Yeah. Um, and it has to be that um, if that communication thread's been there from the very, very start, then mm. that means your child's going to be a little bit more likely to say, yeah. I've really messed up, Mum. I sent this photo and all the boys in the class yeah. have got it now. What do I do? Um, so it's just keep that lines of communication. Yeah. Even, it, it, again, it's what we've been saying, get get stuck in rather than hands off yeah. because then they're going to be more likely to talk to you about yeah. it if something does go wrong. Yeah. Um, and there are some great books out there and stuff as well. Yeah. Right? Cool. Thank you very much. I think we can talk about this forever and ever and ever. And we probably will be (laughs) for the rest of our lives talking about it. Thank you.